Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. I love this question. This question was asked to me by someone I took an improv class with in LA. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We went out to dinner and he asked me and the other person who was there, our three favorite animals in Uh order Uh and why you like them. And the why was very important. He made sure to emphasize that. So today... I would love for us to talk about our three favorite animals in order. And they can be like groups of animals, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's just bugs. <laughs> uh, cool. So three favorite okay. animals in okay, order, okay, okay. why you like them, and then we'll talk about what that means for your personality. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. I know we played this game together a long time ago. Um I kind of remember what my animals were. I definitely, I think, have changed them slightly since. Yeah. As, you know, as life moves on, you, mm-hmm. you discover new animals. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm so excited to hear yours. I'm so excited to share mine. I will say my musical choices are very impressionistic this time around. Great. So bear with me. <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> oh, I should also say that I had this conversation with one of the writers of Black Christmas and so this animal game does appear in the movie Black Christmas. So if you've seen it, you already know what it means. I saw that movie in theaters. And when that scene came, I was like, oh, shit, Ryan, this is Busy's game. I totally know this game. Wait. And then I was like, wait, is this a game? Like, is-? is this and a thing that would... like the world does? <laughs> yeah. And then like then knowing the story, I was like, oh, fuck. Cool. <laughs> All right, so okay. tell me about some animals. My first animal that I chose today is the blue whale. Yes. I have loved the blue whale since I was a kid. Some kids are obsessed with sharks. Some kids are obsessed with dinosaurs or tigers. Um, not me. I was obsessed with the blue whale. I was fascinated by them. Like I grew up on a lake, so it was really fun to imagine there being blue whales in this lake. Mm. It was a creature of fantasy and imagination. Um, As I became older, of course, obviously, Lake Erie does not have blue whales. But the blue whale, I like it because of its paradoxes. It's the largest animal on Earth, yet it eats the smallest animals on Earth for sustenance. Yeah. They're a baleen whale. They got that baleen to suck in all the stuff. They got stuff. that baleen. <laughs> it's very rare to see one, yet you can hear it for like two miles. I read somewhere that you can hear its heart beating mm. in a two-mile radius. I love that. They're like giant and mighty, and yet they're extremely solitary and fairly gentle. Mm-hmm. They form few relationships, but the relationships they do form... They tend to last throughout the animal's lifetime. And whale song. It's just so fucking beautiful. It sounds like it's electronic. It sounds like it's from another world. They're just like these slow-moving jetliners that live in the ocean. And, you know, I think because, like... (laughs) 
since I fancied myself a writer when I was younger, Mm -hmm. there's that too. It's like chasing the great white whale. It's this kind of giant mysterious thing that's always eluding you. Mm -hmm. I've played Kate LeBon on the show before. She's one of my favorite artists. I recently saw her live. It was the first concert I've seen (sighs) since before the pandemic. And it truly felt like I was surfacing and taking in a big gulp of fresh air. Cool. It just felt so good to be sustained by this live sound coming from another human being in the same room. Yeah. So that was definitely on my mind as I picked this. There's also elements of the song that just remind me of Whale Song. Okay. Remembering Me by Kate LeBond. The whale sounds in this song, which I am assuming are guitars, they're definitely otherworldly. Because it's otherworldly, it feels like slightly ominous, but it's still kind of a very sunny song in the background. Like it Mm -hmm. feels like there's something cheerful that wants to come through. And then at 1.15, it clears up and it, you know, it sounds like a normal song. You just hear her voice and there's Mm -hmm. some instruments and In my mind, I was like, oh, shit. So now we're in the world of the whale. Mm. Like before we were humans listening to the whale. And then when you just hear her singing, now we're in the whale world. And we can hear clearly what someone else is trying to communicate with us. The whale sounds come back around 138. And I kept thinking about the loneliest whale. Have you heard of that? Yeah. The whale (laughs) who like is at a different frequency than all the other Uh whales. And so like Uh can't communicate with them effectively. Truly tragic. It's really sad. (laughs) And he just wanders alone in the water. Yeah. Then I started thinking about too how the military has confirmed that using sonar fucks up dolphins. Oh yeah. Big time. And so just thinking about all of these, like, yes, we've heard about this loneliest whale, but perhaps there's all of these other whales that are like, trying to talk and so you have that in the song like these Uh whale songs kind of emerge in this like desire to communicate and to find that's so pretty yeah their friends Uh um in this world in and around like three minutes there's kind of an explosion and it feels like oh maybe they found the pod like Uh maybe they were able to connect with their their homies which is pretty fun and there's a couple of lines like one is do i have to leave the house Mm, and mm -hmm, i don't mm want to be all alone i think that echoes this idea of a creature trying to find a like-minded creature and calling out somehow and all of the like hope of trying to do that also the frustration and like how tiring that is to Uh consistently try to find (laughs) your like-minded peers when they're just not around or you you know you feel like you're speaking in this way that like gosh nobody else gets which i'm gonna be honest sometimes i feel like that whale totally yeah Yeah. i mean i feel that i think part of how i've navigated the world for better or worse is kind of putting out signals and trying to figure out like ooh, are you a safe person are you cool like are are we gonna be friends like do you share this weird niche interest like i do like can we talk about it please so i love Yeah. yeah exactly what you said i love all these disparate whale sounds and cries and guitar distortions it does sound like this pot of disparate whales just being like 
I really want to communicate with you, but I'm just not hitting that right frequency. So for me, the moments of the song where it becomes lighter and more normal and there's kind of that like groovy little bass and she says like good grief, which I think is really funny. <laughs> like that's kind of like, okay, cool. We've settled on like a mutual frequency and now it's just like this oceanic underwater party. So there's that sense of levity of being like, oh yes, finally, like we can just sort of relax and enjoy. is scientific evidence that whales can express gratitude mm. both towards each other but towards other species like humans there was this one story like a whale was in trouble it was stuck and a diver helped it get unstuck from something but the whale came back up and basically just like booped the diver <laughs> like in the nose just to be like hey thanks like your dog would do That's really cute <laughs> and you know it was described as this like terrifying like suddenly you're staring to the void and you're thinking like, oh, wow, I wonder how it feels like it's to be digested by a whale. Um, but it was just saying thank you. And it was just this act of, like, touch and love. And because it's so fucking big, it's also sublime and terrifying. So yeah. I just fucking love whales. I think they're so interesting. And it is just this, like, eternal search for communication and connection and putting out these crazy sounds and living in another planet yet just living on earth too living on another planet and living in earth um i i do think about that a lot with the ocean mm -hmm. we still do not understand the ocean that well like we right. don't know and also like just species on earth like we have not cataloged all of the life that could exist here. Totally. The planet's just amazing. It really is. I don't know if this is true. Shane has told me this, so I will fact check this before <laughs> this goes in. Cool. Okay. Like somehow there's like a shared ungulate ancestor wow. that both whales and cows share, which is kind of cool. <laughs> well, I don't know if this helps, but cows are more closely related to whales than they are to pigs or other livestock. That does help. And according to yeah. NationalGeographic.com, whales evolved from small aquatic hooved ancestors. So whales, okay. they came from land and went back into the sea, I think is the takeaway from that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted yeah. to go back into the womb. I get it. I get it's it. It's nice in there. It's so good. Yeah. I think water mammals are really fascinating because they they can't breathe underwater they no. have to come back up yeah. but they can you know exist for you know most of their life underwater and sometimes like whales they need to be in water it's this really like tenuous existence where yes. like you have to be in water but you can't breathe it so you have to leave it and then go back down as we get closer and closer to unbreathable air perhaps we have something to learn from whales maybe you'll be the the missing link god you'll i be would the fucking human love whale that. Hybrid <laughs> <laughs> that somehow figures out how to uh, live in water we'll see
Okay, so my first animal is also an oceanic mammal, mm-hmm. but it is one that also lives on land. So yeah. I love a seal. I just love them. You do? They're real cute. <laughs> They're so fucking cute. <laughs> like canines, pinnipeds, which are seals, and bears, and some other mammals all live in this general category called caniforms. Okay. Taxonomy-wise, they're all kind of hanging out with each other. But anyways, seals are like the dogs of the sea. They're like, they're super playful. Like, they play with each other. Um, I love how lazy and just into relaxing they are mm-hmm. in the sunshine that's all they want to do they're like get up on that rock yeah lie around like a little fat cigar and then they get into the ocean and they're just these really majestic swift yet still very playful creatures they're yeah. graceful and yet they're so silly and yeah. so that's what I feel like this song is. It's very much this combination of grace and just pure ridiculousness. Mm. So this song is called Oceanic Feeling, and it's by Molly Lewis. Impressions. I got two pretty strong images from this song. Um, the first one is synchronized swimming. Mm-hmm. Like big time synchronized swimming routine. For sure. Yes. And then the second one was like a mermaid bar. You know those bars where like women dress up as yes. mermaids and like breathe through weird tubes of oxygen? For sure. Yes, <laughs> So I do. this kind of very nostalgic 1940s, almost Hawaiian slash tropical fantasy yeah. scene. So, you know, I was in this vintage synchronized swimming world. So I imagined this group of seals laying on this glistening rock with slow motion sea spray spraying all around them. Just like one of them lifts its head and it's wearing a glittering swim cap with like little rosettes all over it. Oh no, it's too cute. And then all of the others do the same thing. And then they all sort of like in patterns leap into the ocean and do these routines and like maybe a ball appears and then they start doing that. (laughs) Somehow they start behaving like dolphins where they like stand up on their tails and sort of shimmy across the water. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely seals doing synchronized swimming. That is absolutely the image I had too. They Mm -hmm. were not wearing cool caps in mine. They were just like, (laughs) it was just like the the shapes that they were making in the water and like, like very swift Mm -hmm. kind of playing with each other and going in and out and loop-de-looping. The song paints this picture of pure delight and pure pleasure. Yeah. The pleasure is deepened when a saxophone is introduced. And in in my utopian vision of this song, it was a walrus playing the sax. (laughs) I know walruses aren't sea lions, but they are, to me, very sea lion adjacent. They're pinnipeds, yes. They're in the family. And I feel like a walrus would be like, ugh, I'm not into that gay synchronized swimming shit. I'll play the sax for you, though. That's fine. (laughs) And then so that was pretty much the song. And then it ended with all of them sort of like leaping out of the ocean, crawling back onto the rocks, and then just gently drifting off to sleep until their next lucky beachgoer walks by. (laughs) Oh, God. I want to live in a world where I can witness that happening. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, all of that. I want the walrus playing the saxophone. He's probably wearing a dumb fedora. Or a stupid fucking newsboy cap, you know. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned a, a walrus because, you know, Shane has a, a big beard and a mustache. And yeah. like, he always goes to sleep before I do. So he'll uh-huh. like brush his teeth and then he'll come to like give me a good night kiss. And it's always so like wet around <laughs> his mouth. Yeah, we say that he's walrusing me when that happens. That's so. adorable. I'm glad that Shane is participating in this synchronized swimming act, oh, totally. playing the saxophone. I, I think yeah. Shane is a synchronized swimming ally. Yeah, he wouldn't be like, this is gay. He'd be like, I'm not coordinated enough, but exactly. I'll support you. saxophone came in, I remembered one of the other reasons why I really like seals. Sometimes I am not good at answering questions because I forget all of the pieces of information. It reminded me of like a of a human presence. And I was thinking about selkies. And so are you familiar with selkies? You should explain them. Cool. So they are an Irish folk creature. They're women who are seals. Uh And in the full moon, they come on to land and they take off their seal skin and they dance around in the moonlight so they could be doing synchronized swimming too, right? Mm -hmm. And so one popular telling of the story is like a fisherman sees these, you know, beautiful naked young women and Mm -hmm. he falls in Mm -hmm. love. Mm -hmm. And so he steals one of their skins and he's like, you have to come live with me for seven years and then I'll give this back to you and you can go home, which yeah. is terrible, right? Yeah. So anyway, she's like, fuck this, but I guess I have to. So mm-hmm. she does. Mm-hmm. They end up having a kid together and it's a boy. And the boy is like, he's like, why is my mom so sad all the time? Like, she's <laughs> always looking at the sea. Uh-huh. She's very close with her child. Yeah. One day he's, the little boy is walking by the sea and a seal pops its head out, maybe wearing a rosette studded swim cap I don't know and says to the boy basically like your mom's so sad because she's one of us she's actually a selkie so what you need to do is find her skin and give it back to her so she can go home so he ends up finding her skin and he like oils it up for her Mm -hmm. and he gives it back to her and she's able to return to the sea and in some stories like he sometimes sees her sometimes he gets to like go into the ocean with her I really like that story uh, one because I I love the wild woman in there. She's a wild woman. And I love the thought that a seal is a wild woman because I think like my immediate tendency is to domesticate them and turn them into dogs, right? And like they're like, and so I love that it can be this expression of the wild feminine divine. Um, I also like that story though, because it's like when people are like, hashtag not all men, it's kind of like that. It's like, no, men aren't the problem, but Mm -hmm. patriarchy is the problem. For sure. Like when you don't give somebody a choice and you say, you're coming with me because I'm dominating you, that's very different. Mm -hmm. The individual is probably not the issue, but it is this larger kind of systemic thing that we need to 
battle. Really? So anyways, I started thinking about Selkies. It totally has this nostalgia the entire time. Towards the end of the song, I started to hear it more as a longing. And so mm-hmm. I started to read this song as like, maybe it is a Selkie who went on to land and then had to join a synchronized swimming team because they wanted to be in the water. But their terrible fisherman husband is like, Uh you can't go back in the ocean. So then she's trying (laughs) to do the synchronized swimming and give herself some kind of freedom. Oh, God. And like at the end, it's just her looking at the ocean and just like deeply longing to go back home to her to her friends and to the people who understand her. Yeah. That's so tragic. So the first animal, listeners, if you've been playing and you have thought about your first animal and you have your reasons, the first animal and the reasons you like it represent the qualities you admire or desire within yourself. Ooh. So it represents you. Okay. So number two. I guess I'm going to start off with a broad category and it's birds. I fucking love birds. I think they're so interesting. I think it's incredible how at least here in the Northern Hemisphere of North America, they fly south. A lot of them just disappear, but then they come back. Like for instance, there's all these robins and stuff that basically just live in our backyard all spring and then they disappear. I don't know where they go, but then they come (laughs) back. So then there's this flock of pigeons that lives up on our roof basically throughout the year. I don't think pigeons migrate, but they have their routines. As I've mentioned many times, they develop relationships with our cat. I don't know. I find birds both kind of creepy and unknowable, but also just so incredibly fascinating. I mean, they can fly. I'm going to narrow it down to a bird I truly admire. So I love any kind of service animal or an animal with a job. I think it's so cute. I think just like existing is a job in and of itself, let me be clear. But I think it's really cute when an animal has a job. So I was thinking about pigeons. Like I said, I'm surrounded by pigeons all the time. And then I was thinking about carrier pigeons that deliver Mm -hmm. messages. In times of war, they often saved towns from bombing by delivering evacuation messages. They delivered secret codes. They delivered just normal communications. And scientists, according to a recent radio episode I listened to, they don't really know how they can get to these exact locations. There's a bunch of different theories, including like they follow magnetic waves, they follow scents, they follow all a number of different sensory things, but it's kind of just a mystery. And I find Mm -hmm. that so incredibly fascinating. Anytime an animal has this like instinctual sense of direction, I think that's great. It's cool. It's pretty it's cool. super cool. Yeah. With this idea of sort of a working bird in mind, <laughs> my next song is by a band called Sirens of Lesbos, and it's called How Many Miles. I love that the bass, the kind of rubber band like bass, uh-huh. you know, goes up and down. Yeah. And I just kept imagining 
kind of a flight path of a bird, like mm-hmm. a, the the vertical flight path, not the horizontal flight path. So thinking of how they kind of go up and down in yes. the air along with the current. And there are these kind of breaks where there's like this ascending 70s piano. Whenever the piano chords came in, I imagine this like sitcom world of working birds just yes. like gathered around like a bar called Cheers. Maybe it's called Cheeps. Cheeps. And they're just being like, oh, God, yeah, I had a terrible day today. I lost a bunch of mail. Just sort of sharing their woes of of the road or the skies together. The lyrics seem to mention different places that they've gone or are going. And so those did very much feel like the stops for this little carrier pigeon who's Mm -hmm. carrying all these messages around with their little postal hat on and whole mail bag. <laughs> so many things that they got to deliver. In those moments, it feels so triumphant. And I just imagine the little, you know, postal carrier pigeon, like wiping its brow and being like, uh-huh. yeah, I did it. Job good. Done. Neither rain nor sleet nor snow. <laughs> God spoke to me. She told me to sell my There's also a bunch of fun little noises in the background, which Mm -hmm. to me just felt like how we don't get how birds communicate with. I mean, like you can imitate bird song, like hunters do this all the time with their Mm -hmm. cool duck calls and turkey calls and stuff. So like you can imitate a bird, sure. But I think there's all sorts of other weird noises that like maybe our human ears can't hear or just different things that we haven't picked up on. Like Mm -hmm. all those little noises. I just imagine a little carrier pigeon being like which way to Senegal? Yeah. And then another pigeon being like, oh, you got to go south for a really long time. He's like, all right, let me get back on. Yeah. He's not on a horse. Let me get, let me get my wings out again. And yeah, then, one of their friends is like, oh, there's a, there's a really great wind current above Oklahoma. Try to hitch up yeah. with that and I'll, I'll take yeah. you right down to Mexico. No problem. <laughs> when I was a bit more twee than I am today mm. um, and much younger, I used to collect bird watching guides because they're pretty. They have beautiful they illustrations. Sure But one of my actual favorite parts of them, a lot of them would describe in phonetic English, um, like what different bird songs sound like. So they would try to spell them out. So it'd be like, I love that. It would be like, just like sort of these nonsense (laughs) string of words. And like, they're kind of impossible to say because it's bird song, like as if that could really help you identify them. I think like, it's so subjective to ascribe language to animal sounds yeah so shane's grandma was a big bird watcher okay and they used to do like the big backyard bird count every year i love that That's um cute. he told me that the reason chickadees are called chickadees is because of their bird song which is like chickadee dee, 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 dee. that's true i mean there's the owl like who cooks for you who cooks for you all there's like a night hiking club at my local nature center growing up and you would go on oh, hikes through the woods at night. Love a night hike. Yeah. That's how I learned there's an owl. I forgot which owl it says, but it says who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? Yeah. He's asking some important questions. Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? Is it just your mom? Because you should help her out or cook for her.
first time I played this game, I had a different animal. It was a wolf or a coyote, some kind of wild canine. I have now transitioned to have my second favorite animal uh, be a bear. God, they're just so cute. (laughs) And it's terrible that all my picks are like, they're just so cute. I think that's okay. But (laughs) I mean, I love like how bears stand up and they're kind of like little humans and they like Mm -hmm. scratch their backs and Mm -hmm. little rumps. And I love watching like bear cubs play together. And my mom used to call us bear cubs when we were little. And like now with my two idiot dogs, like the way they play, I always think of them as bears too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like Shane and I call each other bear so Uh like it's a very familial animal to me yeah and I do know that in some traditions it it does like represent family or love Mm -hmm. not all there's no universal meaning for bear this song that I want to play it's a band that's a dad and his kids from like the 60s and They're called Papa Bear and his Cubs. And they were just, oh I know, right? Uh-huh. And they were just like a domestic band. They But they played some shows around and they did a recording in a studio that was kind of forgotten for a while and then picked back up. This song is very much just a, a tribute to love and <laughs> to family. And it's called Sweetest Thing on This Side of Heaven by Papa Bear and his Cubs. Oh. That song is just feels like a warm blanket of gentleness. It's just so cozy. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm definitely being influenced by how you set it up, but the, the first thing I picked up on is that guitar riff that goes throughout this whole song. It's just so sweet and gentle, mm-hmm. kind of gently carries you through in soft pause throughout the entire song. It's matched with the singer whose voice is just dripping with sweetness and warmth and care. There's just this sense like he really just wants to maintain and protect this unit, like this world where things are safe and things take care of you. Yeah. I just felt taken care of and cozy and like all of my worries and stresses and even like the tension in my neck kind of just melted away and was replaced with soft sunlight, dappled trees. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's got a real golden glow to it. And I think also because it is a a vintage recording, you do have some of the cracks in the background, which in my mind, I then like map onto like the sound of a hearth crackling. Um, yeah. Just again, super domestic shit. A hundred percent. But bread is yeah. baking in the yeah. oven. <laughs> <laughs> it smells good in uh-huh. there. So at the beginning, he's like, I'm going to dedicate this song to somebody. But I imagine that what we don't hear in the song is like before all of the tiny bear cubs are like clamoring up on him and are like, daddy, daddy, tell us a story. Yeah. And so then he's like, all right, I'm going to tell you the story. So he sits down to tell the story. Although in reality, he's making all of his children play instruments, but that's okay. Yeah. It was just a real like domestic bear scene. So imagine yeah. them, yeah, gathering around the fire to hear the story, like gathering around the table to eat dinner together. Um, because the song is pretty repetitive. Like there's no ruptures where it's like, oh wow, here's a sudden change. There's a bridge. Like right. no, it's almost like Dutch paintings that were just about people. Genre paintings. That's what genre painting. Got it. Yeah. So it's almost like a genre painting of like a a domestic bear family. It's mm-hmm. like. 
Goldilocks and the three bears, except there's more bears and Goldilocks never interrupts their home. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Fuck Goldilocks. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I don't know if I actually mean that. It's been a long no, time since I've actually I mean, read that story. I know that there were like memes that came out a couple of years ago that were like, how are we taught to sympathize with Goldilocks who went into a place that was not her own? Mm -hmm. Like this little white girl went into this house that wasn't her own, took a bunch of shit that was not her own. And then we're supposed to sympathize with her and like be mad at the bears who are trying to defend their home. We worked very hard for this. (laughs) Excuse me. I got a bee sting. Anyway, so this is before, before they had to deal with that or maybe afterwards and they're like we'll never have to see her again (laughs) and they're just able to have their great life that's just sweet she filled my life with joy and happiness and I have a love for him I go I want to tell her how I feel about it tonight you the sweetest thing Also, another note about homes, the two places that I have called home, California and now New Mexico, are the states in the United States whose state animals are bears. There are no other states. Yeah. So California, obviously a grizzly bear. I don't know why I said obviously. Guys, it's a grizzly bear. It's on the flag, right? It's on the flag. Yeah. So that bear's name is Monarch, and he was one of the last grizzly bears in California. And oh, William shit. Randolph Hearst hired somebody to capture a bear so he could put it in his zoo in San Francisco. And so they found this bear and they took it to San Francisco, and that bear was depressed and didn't eat anything and wasted away. Oh my God. And then they stuffed it, and then the stuffed bear, Monarch, is the model for the flag. Wow. Now there are no grizzly bears in the state of California. Too. The last one was shot in like 1927 or something. I know, dark, right? That's and then dark. New Mexico. <laughs> and then in New Mexico, it's black bears. And we also have an iconic bear from New Mexico, uh-huh. Smokey. The fire bear. The fire bear, Smokey Bear. He's from Lincoln National Forest in New Mexico. I had no idea. He, I always thought he was from like Yellowstone or something. I know. No, huh. he got burned in a fire and the forest rangers found him like clinging to a charred tree and oh his little God. paws were all burnt. Oh. <laughs> But now he tells you to prevent forest fires and he's real studly. They like make him so buff. Yeah, he's hot. Yeah. (laughs) Sexy smoky. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So the second animal represents the qualities you admire or desire in your life partner. Oh, wow. Does that resonate at all with your feeling about birds? I think so. I mean, Ryan, he, he loves domesticity, but he's always someone who kind of flies away. And then comes back. He also really values that sense of freedom and escape. He has friends all over the world. He really loves nurturing kind of transcontinental relationships. And there is this sense that, you know, he's someone who's just like always working on a million projects, always has like multiple different jobs, always flitting back and forth. 
between people. He has a ton of friends, so I can see it. Yeah. One note on on bears in this song. There was this line in there that's like, don't need much money or a big fine car. Because a lot of the song is like, these are all the things I don't need because yeah. I have you. Right. I like this idea of being able to create a home even without a lot of the fineries and trappings, but yeah. creating like a very like aesthetically pleasing and like comfortable place to be, yeah. which I imagine these little bears are doing. Totally. And, I mean, it's definitely what Shane does. So we started dating in April. My birthday's in May. Mm-hmm. So he got me a birthday present pretty soon into dating. And he just wrapped it in a paper bag with twine, mm-hmm. but it just looked so artful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a perfect, simple, yeah. yet elegant little pack. That's beautiful. Yeah. animal they're a scavenger it's it's an opossum oh, i love them i think they're so cute they also look horrifying if you happen upon <laughs> one they're kind of ugly in this beautiful way and i just think they're really interesting i think when i first encountered an opossum i was terrified i was a little bit repulsed but then i noticed it has this weird smile it has a cute little <laughs> button nose it looks like a <laughs> fucked up cat slash dog and they're extremely beneficial they mm-hmm. eat basically anything, um, including garbage, including old food scraps, including millions of ticks in a shockingly short amount of time. They are immune against snake venom. They help with the garden. They're just extremely helpful to have around, and they just sort of survive. Um, they're the only marsupial in North America. Mm-hmm. They kind of exist everywhere and they thrive in urban areas as well, which in the place I live in, you know, we have very few interesting animals and for better or worse, I would say the opossum is one of the more interesting of them. Anyway, I just, I have such a fondness for one. There was one that used to live in our backyard and once Ryan kind of admitted to me shamefully that he's been feeding it like raw hot dogs that we had in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. They're great. They're like a jolie led. Ugly and ugly beauty. pretty. Ugly pretty. I love it. It's like very early season of America's Next Top Novel. They also play dead. They're also a high anxiety animal, which I relate to. Yeah. Their defense is to sort of turn inward, freeze up, and just not intervene. They're kind of a okay. great example in like non-reaction. Go away by Strawberry Switchblade. <laughs> Is this band actually from the 80s? They actually are. I had to look it up. They're kind of of the like Susie and the Banshee era where women in London looked like that if they sang in bands. And they look like a possum. Exactly. Like, with their, their raggedy hair and their like pale ass skin. It's a big part of the reason why I chose this song because the two ladies, it looks like they kind of just scavenged their look from, the, from the streets. 
for sure. Um, or at least they're just affecting that vibe. Yeah. When you start talking about opossums, you're talking about them being scavengers. They're kind of little punks. They're experts at nonviolent resistance they sure tactics. Are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have a die-in any day. They um, love a die-in. They can't <laughs> they they really help do. it. <laughs> I also learned that in, in addition to playing dead, they also release a noxious death-like smell. <laughs> oh, nice. So yeah. they really lean into that. They're character actors. Don't touch me. I'm dead. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's so smart, right? Because yeah. like playing dead for humans, you'd be like, oh, that thing's dead because we use our eyes. But for yeah. animals that use their scent faculties more, yeah. like, yeah, that totally makes sense uh-huh. that they would then emit a stinky odor to say, so no, cute. I'm dead, you guys. I wow. really am. So I, I kept thinking about this little, like, punk opossum, like, wearing a black leather jacket <laughs> with some, like, studs. And yeah. and they're going dumpster diving because uh-huh. that's what punks and opossums do. Sure, like, sure. you're just hearing the synths through a, like, misty smog or, or steam coming from pipes yeah. in a city. The song feels like it takes place during the night time which yes. is perfect for opossums nocturnal. i think mm-hmm. they are <laughs> nocturnal nocturnal oh i forgot to mention they're nocturnal <laughs> The general narrative is just like this idyllic day or date just kind of ruined or like Mm. something goes awry and then it drips into this sort of like emo longing, which like, you know, in the the life of a possum, I would say they're they're misunderstood creatures. Mm -hmm. They're kind of just like, they're just wandering around at night, just like trying to get some food, talk to their other possum friends. And then when they encounter a human, it's just like sheer terror, like on, Mm -hmm. on both parties ends. Yes. Like the human is like, oh my fucking God, what is this like monster? And the opossum is like, what is this monster? I'm just going to play dead and yeah. tell it to get away. So the go away part, it's an interruption in an otherwise pretty peaceful, quiet night of normal, yeah. of just normal behavior, normal activity, yeah. nothing too exciting. The chorus basically mm-hmm. that they're saying go away, mm-hmm. that's when the opossum is like pretending to be dead. Yeah. There's some kind of like higher tempo things happening in that uh-huh. chorus. But that to me was their hearts beating really quickly. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, this like kind of emo 80s opossum just yeah. roaming the streets at night, like sometimes seeing other opossums and letting them know like, hey, man, the fuzz is down that road. But uh-huh. mostly they're they're pretty solitary. There's these like synthesizer saxes. They kind of like stab through. And to me, that's just like the opossum like emitting its death scent. <laughs> just like <laughs> kind of elevating the stakes a little bit more. So I've never like cared about birds that much, but mm-hmm. recently I've started to pay 
a lot more attention to birds because we got this game called Wingspan. I fucking love that game. Oh my God. I'm glad you know about it. Because I was like, as you were talking about birds and how much you like Audubon things. And I was like, oh God, maybe you'll like No, it is so good. So I would play Wingspan with my parents and Andy and Cheryl. And my mom and dad were being super capitalistic birds where they were like hoarding all the resources and not sharing. But like I was sharing the resources and consciously picking birds that like benefited other birds and oh wow i fucking won so (laughs) (laughs) that's great yeah you show those boomers that cooperation can work you can share the resources it's fine there's enough (laughs) my last animal is actually a bird so despite like not really caring about birds that much until recently one bird that i have cared about for a while is also scavenger like your opossum i like that our third animals are just these little trash grubbies. Yep. But I love a corvid, specifically a crow or a raven. I appreciate scavengers. They like do jobs that nobody else wants to do. Mm -hmm. And for Mm -hmm. that, I am eternally grateful. They're so clever and so smart. They solve problems. They like puzzles and shit. Also, they can mimic like human sounds too like they can mimic voices pretty effectively it's very cool and you know i know that there's a perception that they're dark and you know they do hang out around graveyards and Uh um, apparently like if there's a bunch of birds on a house that means that somebody died there they're they're kind of these omens (laughs) of like darkness to me they just feel like a bunch of like old biddies on a street corner laughing at a joke that nobody else gets then they're just like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i love all their different noises super fun and like are they dark i don't know but they're definitely magical Right. For sure. So I wanted to pick a song in another language uh-huh. for multiple reasons. But one is that you can actually learn to communicate with crows, pretty, which is pretty cool. Like one, they'll remember you. So if you feed them, they'll come back. And that's mm. that's a thing. But Shane had a roommate when he was living in Arizona who used to like have conversations with this crow that would come visit their house. And oh, he wow. would like do a little dance and then the crow would do a little dance. And so... I like this idea that there's a way that we can understand each other if we take the time to learn. And that's mm, like learning mm-hmm. another language, right? Yeah. In addition to this song, like it, you don't quite ever know where it's going, which I feel like they're just so tricksy, right? Ravens mm-hmm. and crows. This song is called White Room by Mid-Air Thief. Impressions. I, I just felt like I was floating through a dream. The entire mm. time. And the way that dream landscapes sort of just unfold yes. and collapse and expand. They just change. They just change. And I really felt like I was navigating this dream house or something. Or, you know, in the spiritual realm of crows, just kind of seeing the world like a crow does. The song just has a, some major trickster energy, but yes. it really does. <laughs> like, yes. You can't quite grasp it ever. It's playful. Uh-huh. There's times, though, where there's like a ghostly theremin type sound that's coming in, which mm-hmm. I think like really maps on that, like the darkness of the crow. <laughs> but like, yeah. which is Nick, you and I can agree, like even though we have goth tendencies like it's also a ridiculous pumping up of yourself right or like it's 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 a performance that's what it is it's a performance 
That's yes. what it is. Yeah. And so I feel like that ghostly theremin is kind of like that performance of darkness because it, uh-huh. it just sounds so cheesy, you know, old horror movie like. Ooh. Yeah. One moment that really stuck out was right in the beginning. The sound drops out and then it yeah. picks up again. I saw like dozens of crows on a lawn and they suddenly decide like, oh, let's fly away now and go somewhere else. Mm. That sort of sudden lift of birds when they all communicate without words or something, um, they just decide to all do the same thing at once. And that was the feeling I got from the song. tinkling glass i heard like tons of different instruments beneath all these layers throughout the song there's two voices there's a higher voice and a lower voice and they kind of weave in and out it wove us through this labyrinth of different sights and sounds and like i said collapsing architecture and like escher like stairs that don't really make sense all the sounds in this song also made me think of how the blackness of their feathers contains all of the colors of <laughs> Of the rainbow. <laughs> but it does. Yes, like, they do. I yeah. mean, and sometimes, like, there's some iridescence, but even when it's just that, like, deep black, like, just the thought that that color is one that actually encompasses all of the colors. Mm-hmm. I love watching birds surf on mm-hmm. the air. It's mm-hmm. super cool. And crows do it a lot because they have a pretty big wingspan. So um, just the way that the music goes is very flowy. You feel like you're just going along for the ride with mm-hmm. them as mm-hmm. they kind of coast along these wind currents. I, I don't know if you've ever witnessed this too, like when tiny birds start chasing crows in the sky too. Oh, I don't know like ever seen crows that. like to eat other things' eggs. So they'll like yeah. go and kind of check out a nest and, you know, sometimes birds are raised in kind of communal settings. So like whatever bird guardian is there, they'll just start like chasing the crow to, mm-hmm. to get them away. And so that kind of rupture happened. It was like the crow was just going along, minding its own business and some bird parent saw it and was like, absolutely not! And then <laughs> went up and kind of interrupted that smooth flight. And at the very end, there are those it almost sounds like clicks and rustling of feathers. We're transported into another realm, and that is the realm of the cloud. So the third animal, these are the qualities you admire or desire in your friend group. So I like that we both chose scavengers. I love that we're both drawn to these scavengers, these creatures that are kind of building their own worlds out of stuff people don't want or stuff people think is useless. I think that's beautiful. Listeners, you know we want to hear your animals. Are you fucking kidding me? Please tell us your animals. 
Nothing I would want to know more. Yeah. (laughs) And if you have songs that go along with them, we'd love to have those suggestions too. You can send them to us. If you know us personally, I guess you can text us. You can also use a form on our website or you can contact us through Instagram. And our website is impressionspodcast.com. And our Instagram is impressionsthepodcast. Like, rate, review. Those were our impressions. Ah.